Thank you, gentlemen. Open your Bibles again, if you will, to Genesis chapter 5. Verse number 3 is my text verse, and I would encourage you to keep your Bibles uh, in uh, your hand as we'll look at several verses as we go through the message this morning. And uh, verse number 3 is my text verse. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Word of God. May our heart's desire be to learn from it. May we not look for a church that fits us, but may we look for a church that changes us to be more like you. And may the teaching, may the preaching, may the singing and the fellowship encourage that very thing. I ask for the fullness of the Holy Spirit as I preach this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The verse uh, I want to call your attention to to begin with, verse number 3, And Adam lived in 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. There are three words I want to call your attention to. The first is the word likeness. The second is the word image. And the third is the word name. How many of you have heard of NIL or name, image, likeness as it relates to a recent sports ruling? Raise your hand. i use an illustration from that in just a few minutes. Adam and his, Adam and his wife Eve had a son and that's usually the way it works. A man marries a woman and a man and woman have children. Amen. That's usually the way it works because God created male and female and that's all he uh, created. And when he was born, he was born in the image and he was born in the likeness of his father, Adam. Adam and Eve named their son Seth. This is simply a natural thing. Uh, when they saw Seth, they probably said something like, that boy looks just like his daddy. How many of you ever heard that or you've said that about one of your children or uh, about yourself? That's right. Uh, we used to say, they used to say, boy, Joel looks just like you. And I would say, we're hoping he grows out of that, but I'm afraid it's too late at this point. And uh, I said of our last grandchild that was born, uh, a little Liam Jr., uh, little Liam, our last grandson, uh, I said he's a fine-looking boy other than he looks just like his daddy. And we're hoping he grows out of that too. Other than that, he's a good-looking fella. Uh, but anyway, we, we, we just, that's just a natural thing, isn't it? They, they have the image. They have the likeness of their parents. That, that's life. We usually say, looks like his daddy, acts like his mommy. Let me go on in this sermon before I get us in trouble. And uh, we had a good lunch on the stove before I left. I don't want to burn it. Notice the word likeness, if you will. The word likeness means a resemblance in the form of similitude. Uh, for example, uh, Noah Webster used this phrase, the picture is a good likeness of the original. The picture is a good likeness of the original likeness. Uh, the word likeness means resemblance. It means uh, an external appearance like unto. Uh, one that resembles another, a copy or a counterpart. Those are words that define and describe the word likeness. Then there's the word image, and it is a tad different, though there are similarities. Image is a presentation or a similitude of a person or thing formed of a material. For example, 
It may be an image made out of stone. Uh, you've seen statutes and you said uh, that is. I was in my wife's hometown, uh, I don't know, a few uh, weeks ago after the flood a few months ago. And in the town there, there is a statue of Carl D. Perkins, Congressman Carl D. Perkins. And I said, there's Carl D. And of course, that's not Carl D. That is a image of him. And that's what the word image means. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 when they were talking about paying their taxes that Jesus said whose image is on the coin and they said Caesar's and Jesus said render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's uh, so it was not Caesar but it was an image of him it was a likeness of him so we have likeness image and then name that by which a person is called or identified the identification of a person it is only a natural thing when a person is born uh, they take on the image likeness and name of their parents I was speaking to the Greers here a few minutes ago and they have a great grandbaby they had a gender reveal and and they said little baby is a girl and her name is going to be Leah and I like that name, and uh, that is just a natural thing. We name our children, they take on our likeness, they take on our image. In June of 2021, the NCAA, or the National Collegiate Athletic Association, they allowed a college athlete to legally receive, legally receive compensation uh, for who they were and what they do. And they called the legalization of the law, they called it with the letters NIL, which means that a student can be compensated for the use of their name, for the use of their image, or the use of their likeness before that. While they were in college, the NCAA did not allow them to be compensated for anything they did. The NCAA used the players to advance their collegiate programs and athletic programs. I'm neither for it or against it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm using it as an illustration. Uh, but they called it NIL, which means name, image, and likeness. The most well-known likeness is the Michael Jordan logo. Uh, it is not a picture of Michael Jordan, but it's a likeness of him playing basketball. And you see that picture of him holding that basketball. I, I sort of make you think about it when I do it like this. I sort of look like him. And a little bit of paler complexion. But uh, you've seen that logo and they say that's Air Jordan. And so you know, you know what I'm talking about. And the, and the student said it's not fair for our name, our likeness, our image to make money for someone else. We should be able to make money on our own name, on our own image, on our own likeness. Thus the legislation was passed in allowing that. Uh, I looked to, to see how that happened. They can't be, consum uh, they can't be compensated uh, by the university, uh, but they can receive money from boosters, autograph signings, advertisers, and that kind of thing. I looked to see who was making money, and some of the highest paid athletes are Will Anderson, a linebacker for Alabama. That's why they win. They pay their players. At least it's, at least it's legal now. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to stir you up. That's all I'm trying to do. Uh, there's C.J. Stroud. He's a quarterback for Ohio State. What a, what a waste, $2.4 million. Uh, Caleb Williams, quarterback for USC, $3.2 million. Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama, has made $3.5 million on what is called NIL or name, image, and likeness. I use that illustration this morning to remind us that not only were you and I made in the likeness and image of our Creator God, but when we were born again, we were not only saved from our sins, but we were saved to become more like the name, image, and likeness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, some see salvation as just a fire escape from hell. Some see salvation as just something that would improve their life. But salvation is more than that. Salvation is more than just accepting a free gift. Salvation is being born again into God's family. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And it is as natural for us to understand and to desire to be like our Savior after being born into His family as it is to expect a child to look like their parents. I think one of the most forgotten truths of the Bible is the fact that God saved us to make us like His Son, Jesus Christ. Now I intend to preach to you this morning. I intend to make you uncomfortable where you are. Did you hear me? That's what preaching does. Preaching causes us to look where we are and look into the mirror of the Word of God and change to be what we're supposed to be. I've heard 10,000 times over, well, I'm looking for a church that fits me. We ought to be looking for a church that changes us to become more like Christ. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to follow along with me this morning. First of all, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. Uh, Corinth was a, cor uh, was a carnal church. Uh, Corinth was a worldly church. And one of the things that Paul taught them, one of the things that Paul preached to them, one of the things that Paul wrote to them about was for them to become like Christ. And in this beginning verse of the message, we're going to see not only the intent, we're going to see what makes possible for us to become like Christ. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, now it's talking about a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from Glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Please make note of that verse and every word and phrase in it. You and I are to be becoming more like Christ. Folks should say of us, we are Christians. They should say of us, we are Christ-like. They should say of us, and they should recognize in our behavior that we are like unto Christ. Notice this phrase, and I'll end, not now, but a little while later. 
even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now take your Bibles and go with me to the first John chapter 3, just before the book of the Revelation. Everybody take your Bible, go to first John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. First, second, and third John, then Jude, then Revelation. First John chapter 3 and verse number 2. I want you to see this verse. I want this verse to see us. And I want you to notice this same truth that's taught throughout the scripture. First John 3, 2, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear but we sh- what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There are three steps in this becoming more like Christ. There was the, uh, there was the plan before the foundation of the world. There is the purpose of our Christian life, 2 Corinthians 3.18, to become more like Christ. And then there is the future where we will be raised uh, incorruptible as he is incorruptible. We will be raised immortal. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. First of all, I want to mention in, the, in the Acts chapter 11, they were called Christians first at Antioch. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Acts in chapter 11. Acts in chapter 11. Now, why was this group of people called Christians? And we could go through the various names uh, that they called uh, Christians. Uh, they were first called believers. Uh, anyone who believed in Christ, that they accepted Christ as Savior, they were referred to as a believer. There were those who followed Christ. They were disciples of Christ. And some were chosen of the disciples to become the 12 apostles that that ended at the end of their lives. The apostolic power and people, they died at the end of their life. There are no apostles today. You can be a believer today. You can be a disciple today. But in the, in the town of Antioch, they were called Christians. Notice what the Bible says in Acts chapter 11 and verse number 19. Acts 11 and verse number 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene which they were come, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Now these folks are scattered because of persecution. The persecution came because they were preaching. They didn't stop preaching. Uh, Everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. They preached of Christ. And then notice the Bible says that there were many believed because of them. In verse 22, then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Who when they came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. 
Then departed Barnabas to Tarshish for to seek Saul. And when they had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. I ask you the question this morning, church, why were they called Christians? What would possess someone to call them a Christian? Well, I'll tell you why. And the answers are found in this passage of Scripture because they did exactly what Christ did. They preached the gospel. Folks were saved. Folks were baptized. Folks were added to the church. And even in persecution, they did not back down. The number of believers increased. And they called them a name that was not a self-appointed name, but it was a name of observance. And they said of them... Those folks are Christians. Now here's my question for us this morning. What do folks call us? What do folks call us? Do they know we're a child of God? Do do they know that we know the gospel of Christ? Do they know that we share the gospel with others? Are we, are we, uh, do we have a testimony that the Holy Spirit of God not only indwells us, but He is seen working through our lives? Three words, name, image, and likeness. I not only was created in the image of God and in the likeness of God, when I became a child of God and born again by the grace of God, I am instructed throughout the scripture to be becoming more like Christ. I challenge you this morning in every area of life. I hear that phrase and and, and statement all the time. What would Jesus do? I hear folks say it that have no idea what the Bible says. Uh, But the truth is you and I are supposed to be becoming like Christ. Take your Bibles and go with me to Romans chapter 8. We're in Acts 11. The next book over is Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Notice, if you will, that familiar verse in verse 28. I preached from this passage on the television program last night. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate what? To be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Take your Bibles and go a few chapters over to chapter 12 of Romans chapter 12. I am preaching this morning to the church as Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. As Paul wrote to the Christians who were at Rome. I am preaching to the church this morning that you and I should be likened to the name and the image and the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ who lived on this earth, who walked among men and died to pay for our sin. We are to be becoming like Christ. You can't be becoming like the world and like Christ at the same time because they're opposites. James chapter 4 said those that are friends with the world are at enmity with Christ. I don't want to be more like the world. I want to be more like Christ. I want our church to be like the church that God designed as we read about through the New Testament. And I'm preaching this morning as the Bible says in Romans 12 verse number 1. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove. 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Take your Bibles and go further. 2 Corinthians. You're in Romans now. The next book is 1 Corinthians and then Paul's second letter. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you will, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let the word of God speak to our hearts this morning. It's not a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of position. It's a matter of just what the Bible says in power and clarity that you and I are to be like the name, image, and likeness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What's becoming new in your life that's more like Christ than it was a year ago? What is changing in your life? Are your desires, are your habits, are your behaviors, is your vocabulary, is your thought, is your behavior more like Christ this year than it was last year? The Bible said all things are past or passing away. All things are become or becoming new. I enjoyed reading this week. My family and I took some time uh, to rest and it was an enjoyable time. I planned to go fishing and I... I'll give a a good report, Long John Silver's, you can catch it already fried. (laughs) Captain D's, there's a five to seven minute wait, but other than that, the fishing was good. One of the things I read, and I I, I read of 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 a preacher that lived and served in the 1800s until the early 1900s, and he said this, I preached so many things in life, and I've enjoyed teaching and preaching and writing, He said, as I've come to the end of my life in the last 10 years of my life, he said, I wish I would have focused more on becoming more like Christ, not just doing the things that Christ did. And so I looked for another of that age and era, and I found similar words of more than one. As they came to a place in their life, listen to me, We're not called human doings, we're we're called human beings. And if we would focus more on becoming like Christ, we would do more of what Christ did. So often we copy the behavior rather than the person. And the Bible is teaching us here not just to follow the behavior of Christ, but to follow the person of Christ becoming more like him. Take your Bibles and go back just a few pages to 1 Corinthians. Paul wrote to the church in both letters about becoming like Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Notice, if you will, in verse number 49. And very simply and, 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 and uh, written here, uh, just a very natural understanding where Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly... Everybody can tell by looking at you. You know, know, it's a man, it's a lady. At least you're supposed to be able to tell. John told me this week while we were together, he said the the ringmaster at the circus has fired the bearded lady and the clown because they're no longer odd anymore. (laughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, As you bore the image of the earthy, earthy, so shall also so shall also bear the image of the heavenly we have been born again 
I'm thankful that my dad, my father, was Sammy Joe Fugit. It was always a compliment when folks would say something about me connecting me to my father. If they would say, boy, he works hard just like his dad did. If they would say, you must be proud of that boy. Always enjoyed that. I always took that as a compliment. Paul said to the church at Corinth, if we take on the image of the earthy, we should also take the image of the heavenly. I want folks to say of us, he's like Christ. Is that not our goal this morning? One of the frustrating things of reasoning in our day today, folks say, well, you'll never be like Christ. So there's no need to say that. There's no need to preach that. And yet when it comes to sports, we always want to follow the person who is the best. Even though at five foot eight, it didn't matter whose shoes I wore, I couldn't dunk anything but a donut or a chicken nugget. Didn't matter what shoes I wore. You see, I want us to understand that we're supposed to be becoming like Christ. Take your Bibles and now go further to the book of Philippians. We're in first, second Corinthians, and then Galatians, and then Ephesians, and then Philippians. Notice Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes this same subject to the church at Philippi. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. You understand, Paul was a religious fanatic that was unsaved. And Saul of Tarsus became born again by the grace of God, and he preached the gospel that he once persecuted. And now he writes in verse number AA, doubtless, and I count all those things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now I just want to know him. I want to know about him. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, which is the Holy Spirit, that's the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I has already attained, either were already perfect. Paul, Paul's not saying, I hope I can raise from the dead. He's not saying that. He's saying, I want to be like Christ, like I will at the resurrection. That's what he's saying here. Not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now pay attention as I close. If you said to me, I want you to write a piece of music similar to this, and you gave me a copy of Handel's Messiah, Or if you gave me a play like Hamlet, 
and said, I want you to write a play like that. I would say there's no way I can do that. I don't have that ability. Neither is it any good to show me the life of Jesus and tell me to live like that. I can't unless. If you put the mind of Shakespeare and the genius of Shakespeare in me, I could write like Shakespeare. Are you with me? If, if, if you could put the mind and the spirit of Handel within me, perhaps I could write something like Handel's Messiah. But I don't have their mind. I don't have their spirit. Oh, but wait a minute. I can have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And I can have not only the mind of Christ, I do have the spirit of Christ within me. And I go back to that verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 or chapter 3 and verse number 18 where the Bible says this, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I can't be like Christ. But I can let his mind be in my mind with the word of God. His spirit is within me. So what is the key? Yielding my life every day to the mind of Christ in that book. And yielding my life, my life every day to the Holy Spirit of God that lives within me. And as I yield my mind and I yield my spirit, I can do what Paul said when he wrote Romans 6, 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So how do I become more like Christ? I yield to his word. And I yield to his spirit within me. Stand with me if you will. So as I begin my day on Monday morning, I say, Holy Spirit of God, you be my guide. You be my director. And as I open the word of God and I read its pages as I did this morning, as I have every morning as long as I can remember, I say, Lord, I want your mind and when I think like Christ, when I have the spirit of Christ, I tend to behave like Christ. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. You need to trust Christ as Savior. If you are a Christian, you have received Christ as Savior. I've challenged you with the word of God this morning. To go away desiring to become more like Christ. Heavenly Father, bless our invitation, I pray. I pray that decisions that should be made, they would be made. We would yield to the leading and the working of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The altar is open as he sings.